episode of the Dreamer's Manual podcast. Now, this intro is being recorded in the height of summer 2022, and I am my first day back after taking a week off last week. We did not go anywhere. It was, I don't know if you would call it a staycation, because I decided pretty abruptly on I think the first or second day of my staycation, obviously I can't sit still for very long, but I decided it was time to tile our backsplash in our kitchen. So a few YouTube videos and a couple of trips to the local home improvement store later, and I was in that project. Now I've never used a tile saw. I've never done any tiling, but I can watch a video. I can follow instructions. So that was really fun. Spoiler alert, everything turned out great. There's a couple little things that, you know, probably nobody will ever see or notice but me. But I think for my first tile job, it was pretty amazing. I also finished knitting a really beautiful tank top. So I'm excited and hopefully we'll still get to wear that in Alaska in the summer. I also got to listen to a couple books last week while I was puttering away on things. One is a nonfiction book, Business is Personal by Bethany Frankel. I saw her talking about and telling stories from this book on TikTok and it hooked me in. I wanted to know more. I really am always interested in the behind the scenes of business. Hello, OBM. So I'm about a quarter of the way through that book and I'm really liking it. And then on the fiction side, I started to bleed a crystal bloom and it's supposed to be they, I think the back of the book says a dark retelling of Rapunzel. So the good news is I've enjoyed the book quite a bit so far. The bad news is I think it's an unfinished series, but the next one comes out in August. So if you're listening to this real time, it's not that long to wait just a couple weeks for the next one to come out. So that's a bonus. Now in other news, I don't know about you, but for me, my focus shifts a lot in the summer to my family because they're just home more and we have the opportunity to slow down and spend more time together. And so although on the front side of my business, it might look like, you know, maybe less things are going on really in the back side, there's a lot of happenings and preparation for things that are happening towards the end of this month of July into August and beyond. So the best way to stay in the loop, if you're interested in those things, a digital shop launch coming soon. I have three really fun products that I'm very excited to share with you guys. And then The second is a workshop that I'm doing in partnership with another really amazing entrepreneur, and it will focus on visibility. So getting clients, making that plan. So that's coming soon. And then we'll do some really fun relaunch for the hiring course. So if you guys are interested in staying in the loop with any of those things, you can always hop on the email list. My freebie all about hiring your next team member That includes that time study for you, that vision and values workbook section. That's at julietraining.com backslash starter kit. 
or you can follow me on Instagram. It's at Julie Calcote OBM and we'll post all the things there. Now, now this podcast was recorded for the Wild Alignment Summit, but I have to tell you, it was one of the most downloaded. Everybody who listened to the summit loved this interview and had such great feedback about it. So I wanted to not hide it away in the vault, but share it with you guys. So you can tell I've missed you guys. This is a little bit longer intro than I normally do, but I'm just so happy to be talking to you again. Now, I can't wait for you to listen to Genevieve and we will talk soon. Hi, my friends, and welcome to this episode of the Wild Alignment Summit. In your earbuds right now, I'm bringing you Genevieve Christensen of Neon Soul Marketing. Now, Genevieve is the owner of Neon Soul Marketing, a boutique marketing and PR agency that specializes in helping coaches, course creators, service providers, and other online entrepreneurs get visible. After becoming a stay-at-home mom in 2017, Genevieve realized how much she missed the workforce, but also didn't want to be tied to a nine-to-five. That's where freelancing and online entrepreneurship came into her life, and there's been no stopping her since. Genevieve currently lives in Virginia with her family, but is a Southern girl at heart. Her favorites are country music, a good glass of Chardonnay, and a night by the fire pit. Occasionally, she'll enjoy a ride on her Peloton, but no promises there. Today, Genevieve is sharing about such an important topic that affects all of us in business, whether we work in the online space or any type of business, all about marketing and visibility strategies. Today, Genevieve shares the ways that you can grow your visibility without having to stay completely connected to the ever-changing features of social media and all of the emerging platforms. She talks about how to energy-proof your marketing as a solopreneur, aka how to plan for times when you're busy, have family events coming up, or you're just plain drained, how to choose your marketing methodologies and stick to what works. And we touch on the most underrated form of visibility, in her opinion, podcast guesting. There's so much good stuff in this episode. If I was channeling Genevieve, I would tell you to pour your favorite glass of vino, kick your feet up and take a listen to this episode. Genevieve, I'm so excited to welcome you today to the Wild Alignment Summit. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk with you today on this summit. I can't wait. Now, we had an intro before you and I are talking, but I would love in your own words if you would share with people your journey to this business that you have now and what you do to help entrepreneurs. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I graduated college many, many years ago in marketing. Um, and throughout my whole professional career, I really focused on marketing and sales and really community outreach. And so really having that visibility for whichever company I was working for at the time, uh, that was always kind of in my little world of responsibilities. And, um, you know, life kind of goes on and had children and decided with a cross country move that I would stay at home. And so I left the corporate world and stayed home with my, at that time, I only had one, one kiddo, but stayed home with her. And, um, I loved staying home. I loved the flexibility, but I really missed working and I didn't expect that. Um, and so, when I started thinking about things that I could do, you know, really going back into an office wasn't an option for me. Um, this was in 20, 
2019. And so, yeah, it just, I, I couldn't imagine myself, you know, kind of working for somebody else. And I ended up starting my own freelance business. I started as a virtual assistant just to get my feet wet. And then I really quickly moved into a marketing role for um, some some of my clients. At, at the beginning, I was focused quite a bit on the teacher entrepreneur world. Um, I did a lot with like health coaches. And so I kind of kickstarted it. <laughs> and after that, I really kind of kicked it into high gear with marketing because again, that was my background. And so I was finding that that was really my sweet spot in my freelance business. And so I started Neon Soul Marketing, which really just kind of encompasses all of the services that I was providing under one umbrella. And so today what I do is I serve clients with marketing and content frameworks. I do a lot of visibility work inside like podcast publicity. And um, I also work with people in a one-on-one consultant slash coach uh, relationship as well. And so all of that falls under neon soul marketing, but at the end of the day, our goal is, is really to get every business that we work with, get their, get their amazing products and services out there in front of the eyeballs of their real clients. Now, can we talk just for a second about the name of your business? Because you know, you see so many yes. things <laughs> online and there's, it's very, you know, I'm, I'm always about celebrating people and so excited for them. And a very rarely yeah. do I see something and, and just think, <laughs> oh, I wish I would have thought of that first. Cause that is, I'm obsessed <laughs> with your business. Can you tell us how oh, you come up with that? Thank you. Yes. Okay. So when I was kind of doing the transition, I started as just Genevieve Christensen Co. And that worked for a while, but when I was transitioning really into marketing, I wanted something that just was a little bit like punchier and, you know, had a little bit of sass behind it. And I was listening to a song one day in the car. It was a beautiful day. Like the windows were down. I don't think I had any kids in the car. So, you know, it was like one of those rare moments, (laughs) but I was listening to Maren Morris and she's a country singer and she has this song called eighties Mercedes Um, And it's one of my favorite songs of hers. Um, But there's a line in there that says, I've got a neon, I got my white leather jacket in a neon soul. And it just stuck with me. I I can't explain 100% why that specific, you know, little phrase stuck with me. But as I started thinking about my business and the visions and the values that I had for it, I wanted to really light people up from the inside, right? Like, that was my goal. That's why I started my business. I didn't start it out of, you know, having to leave something or, you know, really like having to put something together quickly. I really started it because I was passionate about it. And so I thought the name Neon Soul just kind of, for me, it represented being lit up from the inside and doing something that kind of lights your soul on fire and, um, and plus it's just, it's just fun, you know, so <laughs> that's kind of, that was kind of the, the journey and the thought process behind really starting, um, under the umbrella of me on soul marketing. I didn't know that I could love the name even more, but somehow I do now after you explain it. So good. Well, thank you because I was nervous about it. You know, it's kind of nerve wracking when you <laughs> decide on something that feels so 
feels so big. So, yeah. but it's, it's served me well. And again, I think it, it's a reflection of just kind of the, the vision and values I have within, within the company. Now let's shift to talk about why we're here today, because yeah. I, you know, speak to people all week long clients and, you know, in groups and so many people that I talk to really struggle with wrapping their head around getting visible. And yeah. I think part of it is they put themselves in these boxes to say, yeah. if I'm not, you know, doing the latest TikTok dance on, you know, if I'm not on reels, if I'm not <laughs> posting 10 times a day, like yeah. they hear these rules that yeah. maybe are for other types of businesses or just wouldn't fit for them. And they think, well, if I can't do that, I don't know what to do. And they might just be frozen yeah. or they might, you know, do some things that don't feel so good to them. Can you talk to us about how you teach solopreneurs how to create marketing that works for them? Yeah. So I think first and foremost, it's really important to have a little bit of a mindset shift here. And I am not a very, you know, woo woo type of person, um, but these types of mindset shifts that I'm going to recommend are really important because, you know, as a solo entrepreneur, if you have like a small team, it is really important as the business owner that your marketing strategies, your content strategies match what you're trying to accomplish. And honestly, no single business operates the same way. Everybody has their own style. Everybody has their own particular needs. And so, you know, when you're online and you're, you know, seeing all these different ideas, strategies, tools, it's hard to really discern what's going to work for me. But at the end of the day, the biggest mindset shift that I really try to encourage solo entrepreneurs to make is that your energy is the biggest component of your business continuing to move forward. And because of that, you have to find marketing that is going to be supportive to you instead of draining you. If you hate dancing on reels or pointing to nothing in the air, then then making words pop up after the fact, and that drains you, like you're taking time away from either connecting with other incredible potential clients or serving your existing clients, that is something that we really have to, I think, shift in the online business world is the mindset that because it works for this individual, it should work for me because that's, it really cannot fall into such a black and white, you know, um, mindset there because one person, it might make them excited to dance around on TikTok or reels or do whatever. And another person that might make them feel completely exhausted <laughs> the rest of the day. So that is, I think a big mindset shift that solo entrepreneurs need to make that there's no one size fits all. Now, when they come back to you, these solopreneurs, first of all, I just want to say, I completely agree. Like I, my yeah business model and how I work with clients is the same way. Cause I love to work with especially creative entrepreneurs, coaches, um, and not every strategy or every project management system or every anything hiring strategy is going to be one size fits all. And so I really kind of get triggered myself when I hear people say every person should 
hire this yeah. position first, or they, sh- you know, it's just that like all or nothing advice I don't love, yes. but I'm curious because I'm sure somebody's come back and say, okay, well, I'm not, um, I don't feel good doing this particular thing, but then how do I know if what I want to do will even work and will get the same results as something else that might be really popular in the moment would work? Yeah. Yeah. So typically what I like to do with clients is I help them come up with what I like to call a sustainable marketing plan and sustainable meaning this is going to be supportive for you, but it's still going to get your results, right? You don't want to create a marketing plan that's not going to convert your audience into potential clients. And so you want a marketing plan that is sustainable and is converting. That being said, you're going to have to find what works for you. Typically with marketing in the online world, you know, we hear the phrase a lot, content is king. And that is really true when you are trying to connect with people, you know, virtually and you aren't necessarily in front of them at all times. And so it's really important for you to keep that in mind. But what I like to do is create what I call a top line content channel. And so if you are big into Instagram, your Instagram can be your top line channel. And from there, really, you can filter your captions, your reels, your stories. You know, if you do any mini trainings, you can repurpose that into other capacities. For some people, they like to sit down at their computer. They like to write out a blog or an email market, you know, an email newsletter. And you can take that and then repurpose that into something that maybe drains you a little bit more like Instagram. And so creating this little, I like to call it kind of like a solar system where the content methodology that you choose is at the center and then everything else kind of revolves around that, that method. And so it's always moving, it's always flowing, but at the end of the day, you're doing something that is enjoyable and not draining you, but it's also being utilized across other platforms so that you don't have to constantly be creating, you know, new content and new strategies for yourself and your business. Yes. I love that so much. So talking about this strategy, it makes me wonder, is there an ideal time that you think when somebody's starting their business or growing their business that they should be focusing on this? Or is this something that you recommend that people consider as soon as possible when they start their online business? I think it really depends and I'll kind of walk through like two different scenarios. So the first scenario would be if you're coming into your online business in a more generalized format, um, let's say like a virtual assistant type of business, I think really give yourself a few months to find your footing, to find your ideal clients and to find that niche that you want to work with. Because if you're coming in in a more generalized you know, capacity, you're not going to have a whole lot of inspiration for content yet, right? If you come in generalized, start creating that momentum by networking, by being visible. You don't necessarily need to be churning out content yet. Really what's going to start propelling you forward is having a network of people that are going to be like, yes, I worked with Julie. She is absolutely incredible. You should hire her as your own VA. 
um, that's what gives you that momentum and propels you forward. And eventually you'll find your footing and you'll find your niche and you'll be more inspired with content. And at that point, I would definitely recommend it. If you're coming in as a more specialized you know, business, maybe you're a bookkeeper or a copywriter, or you're going to be a coach for um, you know, six-figure mom entrepreneurs. Like if you have a very specialized service that targets, you know, either a very specialized person or a specialized need, um, you could go either way with that. I do think creating some content pillars, creating that content solar system is going to be really helpful for you because in that instance, you're really helping people become aware of the problem they have and you're helping them solve that problem and at the end of the day that is going to help convert them into into clients so one thing that i love so much about what you teach is you share about how to create marketing and content plans that you can really stick to through all of life's different seasons right even my kids yeah. i call them middle aged children now so we kind of go with <laughs> yeah. the the school and the sports season but when they were younger it, there were so many different things to consider and you know that's yeah. not even considering things out in the business world so can you talk yeah. to us more about how you teach solopreneurs how to do that in a way that's sustainable and that works throughout every every season and every curveball that life's going to throw at you yeah, absolutely. I think as either, you know, individuals that you're the only one responsible for your business, or if you have a small team, like you're going to go through seasons, whether you have young children or older children, or, you know, a, a parent needs help, or, you know, there's just, you know, I mean, look at the, the pandemic is a great example, of, yes. <laughs> you know, something unexpected completely happening. And so it's really important to build your marketing to support those like peaks and valleys of your, of your energy. And so I always, I mentioned it a little bit ago, but I really, really believe in building out your network. And that's kind of like a forgotten marketing skill that a lot of online entrepreneurs forget. You know, you make these connections online, but then no one really knows what to do with them. Mm -hmm. you, you, you make friends, you maybe make potential clients, but there's this inability because we're talking virtually to really deeply connect with somebody. And so across the board to really create like an energy proof marketing plan, you need to make sure you're networking. You need to make sure you have people in your corner who will cheer you on, support you, but will also recommend you and have that ability to kind of build out your own little world of, of potential clients. Because at some point, someone's going to need your help. And if you have that network, that's going to be an instant, easily convertible sale for you. So that's step one. But then the other piece is really doing things in preparation. And I'm very guilty of this in preparation for low, lower energy where, you know, don't overcommit yourself, right? Figure out what is very sustainable for you and do that. Like for me, I love doing podcast interviews. It does not drain me. Like this conversation we're having is really exciting for me and I could do it at any point in time. I love doing audio interviews. And so that for me is a fantastic thing for me to do throughout the year. I struggle with 
constantly creating um, content on Instagram with either posts or reels. And so what I do there is I really repurpose a lot of content and then I use content from these audio interviews or podcast interviews that I do and really start to share that information there as well. And so I can do that if, you know, the baby didn't sleep one night or my kids end up being sick. Those are things I can easily do as a solo entrepreneur um, when things just aren't, you know, flowing perfectly like they, like I want them to always be. <laughs> yeah, that's a really hot tip, especially for anybody who recognizes those and has experienced those ebbs and flows, because for sure yeah. we all have them. And there's some days where I could bust out content. Like I could do, I could get on and record five or six different reels and have the best time. It's so easeful. Yeah. It's joyful. And then yeah. some days you couldn't, I couldn't even think of one idea for one. It just sounds yeah. like the hardest thing in the world. <laughs> so true. And it is, it's, you can't always be grasping for inspiration, right? So you have to be able to, to work with your own, uh, kind of your own schedule when it comes to, you know, what's going on. If you're going into a season where you're going to have young children or you're helping some, you know, maybe an aging parent or whatever the case may be, prep yourself for that, right? Get yourself some, you know, pre-work done before that season comes when you're inspired and then, you know, you can have this, this log, this bank of, of marketing material and content that is going to work for you. Mm -hmm. Now I'm so curious because we've talked about several different forms of marketing in media up until this point. Do you have a favorite yeah. marketing methodology? Yes. So it changes based off of seasons, I think, but for me, I love, I really do love being on social media, specifically Instagram. I personally feel like I can connect better with on Instagram. You know, we can have the conversation in the DMs. I can do stories. I like to pull my audience, right? And so those things really give me, you know, they, they give me inspiration. They give me energy, all of that. The other component of that is that I don't particularly in my business right now have a ton of, you know, potential um, free downloads and, and, you know, self-paced courses and things like that, where my clients who do, I typically recommend, you know, like a, a, an email marketing system for them. And so it really depends, I think, you know, kind of like where you're at in your business right now, what your services and products are on what's going to be your favorite slash best methodology. And for me right now in this phase of business, Instagram really is, is where I'm finding I spend the most of my time and, and gain most of my clients. Yeah. If you guys, um, can you share before I forget your Instagram handle? We'll have yeah. all of that in the links. Of course, I love following you there. You add so much value to oh, people and I would love it if people also connected with you over there and just saw what it looks like for a master to be doing their, their craft. Yeah. You guys can find me at neon soul marketing. Um, I would love to hear from you. So if you're finding me for the first time via this audio summit, feel free to, to shoot me a DM. I'd love to connect and, and hear what you, you thought about, about today's, um, conversation. Yes. So let's dig into a little bit, some strategies that you think will carry us through 2022 in the future years as an online business owner. Because one thing I've learned 
about being in online business is things move at such a fast pace, you know, platforms, apps come in and out. It's sometimes if we, I feel like if we let ourselves lean too far into that, it can just feel like we're thrown around by the tide or the waves in the ocean, because it's like, we're constantly looking for the new thing or where should I be? And you know, instead of turning in and focusing on these strategies that will just persevere over the years. So when people come to you, what do you teach them about strategies that are really evergreen? Yeah, absolutely. So I think first and foremost, you want to make sure that you have a marketable service or product, right? So you have to make sure that there's the market and the demand for that product or service. And you can do that easily by really creating some um, just, you know, exclusivity around your service, right? Like what happens when a client signs with you from A to Z? So really kind of having a framework that helps create this excitement level around your service or around your product. So I think first you have to kind of do some foundational work, right? You have to make sure that your product is going to really solve the problems of your ideal client. So start with that foundational work. Um, That's always going to be the most evergreen thing you can do is solving ideal client problems, right? Mm -hmm. So start there. The next thing I really recommend is creating that marketing slash content solar system where you are really guaranteeing and ensuring the constant ability to add value to your community. Um, And so a lot of uh, putting world is you want to crank something out and there's really not a ton of value to it. And it's not really thought provoking for your ideal clients. And so create that little solar system so that you can have the, the content that really helps drive your mission, your values, and your solution forward. I think the other component here is that you do have to, you know, sometimes you kind of have to play a little bit, you know, of the game with whatever marketing methodology you're using, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's Instagram or um, email or blog content, you do have to find what that particular system rewards. And so a great way to do that is to really outsource some of that. If you are going to be um, really focused on blog content, hire somebody who's an SEO expert, really put the value behind the content and then let somebody boost that value for you. Mm -hmm. um, If that's going to be something that you want to do. And so really those three components, that foundational work, creating that little solar system that's going to propel your message and your solution forward, and then finding kind of what are the places that maybe it's not the best thing for me to spend my time doing. Maybe that's SEO, or maybe that's, you know, creating graphics for Instagram, whatever that is, find somebody who can help you do that and then move on. Because at the end of the day, the connections you're making, the network you're building, the sales you're converting, that's your most evergreen marketing strategy right there, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to, if you are the face of your business, you have to be able to connect 
and you have to be able to convert. And so you have to really build that, again, that supportive strategy, you know, behind the scenes and you don't have to be a wonder, wonder woman to do all of this, right? Nobody expects somebody who, you know, is, let's say maybe like a really amazing bookkeeper to also be able to be an expert in SEO if Mm -hmm. blogging is their favorite, favorite way of content creation. So support yourself, support your strategies, um, and, and, and make those transitions, you know, w- throughout the, the course of the year and, and throughout the course of, you know, the, the lifetime of your business. I love that so much. That's so helpful to be able to frame it in that way. And I think that the way you explained it also takes some of the pressure off because it, it feels doable to know our ideal clients and their pain points. And it feels doable to say, I can really lean into what I love and what I'm good at and find somebody to support that and just really put that like rocket booster on it and blast it out into the world. And I don't have to know all of the things in order to have a strategy that works for my life and my business. Absolutely. And marketing is one of those things that is always evolving. And so I think if we can, can just as business owners understand that it is going to be an evolving, repeatable process that we have to go through. That also takes a lot of the pressure off of like, I have to find something and I have to stick to it. And that's what really that little solar system is going to help you do because, you know, in five years, where is your business going to be? It's probably going to be, you know, in, in the midst of all these other new apps that are being developed, you know, like TikTok and Clubhouse and all of this other stuff that keeps popping in and out. Mm -hmm. You have to have the ability to, to adjust, but you also can adjust easier when you have that foundational work done. You have your little content solar system and, and those two components really ready to go. You can, you can feel that adjustment a lot quicker and you can have a lot more success with it than if you don't have those two key components already put together. Mm-hmm. Now, I hope you'll indulge me just a little bit because I don't know if you yeah. know this, but when I first started in the online space, gosh, I think it must be coming up on four years ago now. I, my first client hired me to do podcast pitching for her, sent me through a course and we were off to the races. And so as you can imagine, (laughs) I have some strong opinions about it, but also kind of a love hate relationship because (laughs) when it's done well, it's just, it's a beautiful thing to behold. And so many people, I I would say most people like they're going to hire somebody who says that they can do it. And then it's just not done in my opinion. Well, it's sort of like Mm -hmm. I could go through my pet peeves, but maybe people don't, (laughs) I I don't want to call somebody out necessarily either, but could you, one of the things I know that you share about and talk about is podcast pitching. And I wondered if you might talk with us a little bit about why you like that uh, potentially as one form marketing for your clients. And if you have any tips about if somebody wants to start podcast pitching, maybe some tips on how to get them started in a way that is also sustainable, but doesn't maybe fall into some of the traps of what we would consider bad pitches. 
<laughs> yes. Okay. So I'll start with your first question and kind of talk about why it's such a great marketing strategy. I could probably talk about this for three hours, yes. so I'll condense it down. But first and foremost, podcast pitching as a form of marketing is evergreen. How many times have we all come across a podcast that we've never heard of? You really connect with the host and you go back 15, 20 episodes or to the beginning, right? There's mm -hmm. no limit on that content. So there's no algorithm that you're having to fight and have your content get pushed down and down and down. You are evergreen and you're always coming into the new, the world of somebody new. Mm -hmm. So that's one reason. I also love it because it builds that like, no trust factor at like light speed. So instead of somebody following you on Instagram and them getting to know you over the course of two weeks, a month, three months, and finally starting to be like, oh yeah, this person knows what they're talking about. You literally can build it in 30 minutes. And mm -hmm. that is an incredible way to convert audience members into either paying clients or potential clients at the, at the very least. And mm -hmm. so that is another reason. Um, I also love it because it really helps establish yourself as an expert without all of this backend work that you have to do. So, I mean, you know, having a podcast is not really for the faint of heart. No, <laughs> um, there's a lot of work that goes behind it. True. And, and that is a big undertaking for business owners to have their own podcast. And, you know, you are obviously at the point as many other business owners where that is now your biggest form of, of marketing or one of your biggest forms of marketing for your business. Um, but a lot of solo entrepreneurs just aren't there yet. And that is a hundred percent. Okay. It means nothing about their expertise level. Mm -hmm. um, and it really gives them an opportunity to share their expertise without this massive shift and commitment into podcast hosting. So those are a few of the reasons I love it. And I do think it is a great way, especially for service providers who are struggling with visibility to, to really start, you know, marketing themselves in new and unique ways. As far as tips for actually pitching yourself on podcasts, I would always recommend first starting with anybody that you know, or you regularly engage with as you create a potential list, right? You want to be genuine when you're pitching podcasts. And so start with some people, you know, or some people that you really follow closely and that you can speak to their business. So step one is really build your list. And the first, you know, three to five podcasts you want to pitch, start with some familiar ones, and then you can branch out from there. After that, I always recommend really, you just don't want to come in and be like, Hey, here's all this, you know, uh, this entire backstory of my entire life. Yes. And I think that your listeners would love me. Right. And that's all about me. That's about mm -hmm. me, me, me. And podcast hosts are very protective of their listeners. And 
you have to really present yourself in a way that's going to provide value for the listeners of that podcast. Make it about the listeners. And the ways that you can do that really would be providing a high value topic. Um, So something that is going to give them, you know, depending on the podcast, but something that is going to give them some actionable items after they listen to the podcast. What are the takeaways? You know, are they inspired? Are they motivated? Can they go out and do something that they haven't been able to do before? And then share, you know, really what you want the, the listeners to accomplish after the podcast is, is aired. And so when you make it about the listeners, it helps the host say yes easier, mm-hmm. right? They want to provide value through their podcast and, and they're protective of it. So there's, there's a lot of different tips and tricks that you can, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can do inside of a podcast pitch, but the two biggest would be first and foremost, make it about the listeners again, through giving them some value. And then the other one would be make it an easy yes Yes. for the host. So don't make them, you know, go through, you know, they don't want to dig through your website. They don't want to dig through your Instagram to see if you're a good fit, give them everything they need in an email, right? Just a short, sweet email. I personally even like to give a potential podcast title so that they can be like, Oh my gosh, this is so much easier. Like, yes, let's, do this. Here's the podcast title. I don't have to think about it moving on. So make it an easy yes. And, and those two components will really help get you in front of, of a new audience and, you know, help provide value to the listeners. Cause at the end of the day, podcast hosts know that you're borrowing their audience and that's mm-hmm. okay. And as long as you're giving the listeners value. Yes. I a hundred percent. I I'm obsessed with everything that you just shared. I think that if people weren't, they listen to what you say, they can go through those steps and fully lean into it. Pitches aren't made to just be like a copy paste template. People can, you have to imagine, especially bigger podcasts, they're getting many multiples of those pitches every day of the week. And so they can smell a template. They can smell somebody who has no idea (laughs) about them or their audience a mile away. But when somebody goes that extra mile and not only provides a podcast topic, but in the naming convention of the podcast, like that's, you know, gold star bonus points every day. Yes. And podcast pitching is time consuming because of that. I, I think a lot of people go into it and think it's a a quick and easy fix. And it's not because you are, if you send out the the templated versions, like it's, you're going to get a lot more no's and then your time isn't really being well spent. You know, I don't believe in, and maybe you can tell me what you think, Julie, but I don't think you have to listen to usually say like, you know, maybe episodes just to get a feel, but at least go to their Instagram, their website, their Facebook, whatever medium they choose and get to know them as a business and a business owner, and then tell them what resonates with you. Right. So Mm -hmm. if it's, you know, if it's a random little connection factor, like, okay, we both, you know, we both really like going to Disney world, say that in your pitch. Or if there was a blog post you read of theirs that really 
was helpful, share that with them. And so taking the time to not only be familiar with a podcast, but also be familiar with their business. I I agree. I don't think that if you don't want to consume their content by listening to their old podcast episodes, I think that's not necessary. Sometimes I would put them on in the background as I was drafting these pitches and listen. And I found so many new podcasts that I absolutely loved (laughs) and connected with that way. And I would write them and tell them that like, I came across your podcast from this way, you know, whether it was recommendation or however I found it. And, you know, this is what I absolutely loved. But like you said, it's just that, that flexibility and thinking where you don't have to then go through and listen to all their back episodes. I do recommend that if, especially if you get a yes, that you listen to one of their guest episodes. So, you know, their style, how it's structured and you're just more prepared and you're ready to show up as an amazing guest. Yes, absolutely. Being a good guest is the best way to be guests more often. (laughs) So (laughs) yes, absolutely. And you want to share that episode with your audience too, right? So there's a lot of things you can do on the back end where, you know, you, if you have an email list, you can share it with your email list. Or if you have um, a following on Instagram or you're in a Facebook group or whatever the case may be, like you can share this so that you're not only obviously receiving some benefit, but then the host is also gaining a new audience for any future episodes that they put out as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now I have really two more questions for you and, but they might be kind of like big juicy questions because (laughs) (laughs) I see so many people and working in the OBM school with new OBMs, I maybe have just a pulse on people starting their business. And I know you have the same experience, um, you know, with Michaela's program where people really, when it comes to their marketing at, even at these different levels, feel like, how am I supposed to show up and be the expert when I don't feel like the expert myself? Like, what do I really have to share when they make it so complicated? Like they have to know everything in the world before they're feel prepared to show up and, and provide value in the online space. I'm wondering if you see that as well. And if so, what advice you have for people that are, are just sort of doubting like what, what value they can bring to their marketing? Yeah, I think, you know, I think uh, confidence in your marketing kind of ties back to confidence in your abilities as well. There's, certainly a link there. And so when people are just starting off, I always like to say, and I mean, well, this is kind of stolen from Marie Forleo, but like every, you can figure everything out, right? She has a book called everything is figure outable. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing that you cannot figure out with enough determination. And on top of that, so many people who enter into the online entrepreneur world have a background in something. If you are a nurse, a teacher, if you come from the corporate world, you have a background in something. And even if it's not directly linked to what you're doing right now, there are so many transferable skills. And same with marketing. You know, if you're a nurse and you are transitioning into an OBM role, like you had to manage both patients, you had to manage team members, you had to manage technology that was, you know, 
probably not always working in the medical industry. You had to manage all these codes and tasks and um, timelines, right? Mm -hmm. So you may not have managed all that while sitting, you know, in front of a, a desktop doing that for another online business, but you have these skills that can be transferred over so nicely. And so what I like to do, if you are feeling that, I would say like, talk about that transition, right? If you, and this is just an example, but you can come up with your own. If you're a nurse transitioning into OBM, you can talk about, okay, when I was a nurse and I was managing five patients on the ICU floor and my computer, you know, the technology went down, what did I do? Right. Transition that into something that applies to an OBM. And you can talk about how, you know, as your OBM, the, you know, components behind your business, the technology, all of these moving pieces, all of the operations, that's going to fall on me. And here's what I'm going to do. And here's why I'm so qualified to help you do it through, through this experience that I've had. So take those real life experiences and just create provoking content that makes people be like, wow, like that's amazing. And I want to work with her. I want to learn from her. And so you can really transfer a lot of those skills, but you can also transfer the marketability of those skills as well. I absolutely totally agree. And as a side note, if you are a nurse who would like to be an OBM, I have connected with some of my most favorite business owners who are doctors, former doctors, really incredible, high achieving women who have businesses and to have anybody on their team that has a background where you can sort of speak the same language, I think is incredibly valuable. So your clients are always out there. They really are. They really are. And and people want to see, you know, for me at least, and I'm, I'm sure you feel the same, like for me, having that real love here are some things I handled in a crisis, or here's some things I handled that were really difficult. That is always a great story to tell. And you can start your marketing and your content strategies with the same, with the same technique. I love that. It's, it just gives people a perfect place to that. If you didn't, if you're taking notes, you can use our show notes, but also write that down <laughs> You can, as a content <laughs> idea for your next thing. So as we're leaving everybody, I'm wondering if you could talk about your definition for visibility for Mm -hmm. online business owners and solopreneurs, and how do they know that they have hit that target? Because especially if you're starting out, I think you're, you're just not going to know like visibility sounds maybe like it's out in the, you know, in the actual solar system in space. You're like, I don't know how to know if what I'm doing is successful, if I've achieved it, or, you know, when can I say that I have? Yeah. So visibility is for me, I really define it as where your marketing and your content strategies intersect with the eyeballs of your ideal clients. You can put all the marketing and content strategies out in the world if you want, but if it's not getting in front of the right people, it's not going to to do anything for you, right? So you have to have that intersection um, by really defining who your ideal clients are and then making, you know, those decisions, those marketing strategy decisions on what you're going to be putting in front of them. 
and that sounds kind of overwhelming, but it's really, you know, pretty simple when you think about your ideal clients and you think about the services you're providing level and creating that visibility world is, is just going to know, it's just going to be when you have that intersection of ideal clients seeing your actual marketing strategy. And the way you're going to know that that is working is if you're, if you're gaining clients, if you're converting sales is the obvious way. Um, But at the same time, you are also going to know if you're having people connect with your content and reach out to you, engage with you, and really start to see that momentum pick up. And for me, I really like to talk to clients about momentum because that is, again, we talked a lot about going through seasons of low energy and, you know, just having situations where you can't always be on. When you build momentum, when you start to build name brand recognition, your marketing is going to become so much easier, so much easier. And it's going to carry you through different seasons. And so, you know, for me, start with the foundational work and then move into really starting to to watch and to manage. Am I gaining clients? And do people know my name? It's so true. I love it that you shared that because I don't know when it happened, but there was definitely a tempy point for me where, you know, yes. don't get me wrong. We put in a lot of work, but between all this stuff that we did on Pinterest over the years, the podcasts, the referrals, the blogs, like all those things. At some point I sat back and I thought, I don't really have to do a ton. Like I'm getting referrals consistently in for the things I want the referrals for. Like all of it just became easier. I was getting invited on podcasts. It just, yes. um, I still love to show up and put effort into that visibility, but the ease that I feel is completely different. And it's, it's totally due to the time and energy spent in previous years, building this, this system and this structure. Yeah, I, and same here, there really was a tipping point and I can, for me, I can really pinpoint it to when I really started to narrow down my services into, you know, really marketable services. That doesn't mean I don't provide other things. So I don't want anybody to think you can only have one type of service, but Mm -hmm. when I really started to create buzz around my services and start to connect and network, that momentum has carried me so much further than I thought it would. And I felt the same, like I felt this new level of easiness when it came to my marketing. I wasn't having to grind as much. I Mm -hmm. was really kind of more going with the flow. And that tipping point, you know, for me personally came at about the two year mark. And it might be different for everybody. But I think when you think about, you know, other businesses that are outside of the online business world, it takes it takes the foundational work and it takes a little bit of time to really build that momentum. But then in the online space, we can really expedite that a lot as well. Absolutely. Now I know, and 
and selfishly, I wish we had just an unlimited amount of time because I feel like <laughs> all the things we talked about today, I could break those out and just, like you said, have hour long <laughs> conversations or more about each of those topics. So I know you have an amazing freebie to share with the listeners today. So can you talk yeah. about what you have for them and so they can continue to learn and have that, you know, deep dive into your space? Yeah. So the freebie that I have is just a little mini course on how to choose topics to pitch to podcasts. And you can even use it for pitching um, other like other publications. So like different online publications like Forbes or Inc or anything like that. You can use it for that. And you can also use it to pitch for um, like if you want to be a guest expert in somebody's mastermind, or if you want to talk in somebody's Facebook group. So it's built for podcasting, but then you can repurpose it across many different, you know, forms of of PR. So it's just a a topics and messaging mini course. And um, hopefully, hopefully you guys will love it. Okay. Wow. Can I just say like, when I did podcast pitching for entrepreneurs, I charged a lot of money to sit with them, have this interview and create with them the topics that then we, or they were going to use to, like you said, pitch to live speaker events, pitch to podcasts. And the time that you spend doing this will not be wasted. Like that's an incredibly helpful tool. And it's so hard for us to see, you know, outside of our own jars, like it's, you know, it's, we need that those ideas and that, you know, the things that I know that you're going to provide in here to just spark those, those topics that then will take you through 2022 and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so excited about it. (laughs) Well, I can't thank you enough for showing up today and teaching us so much about marketing. Can you share, I know you've shared your Instagram is there, and then there's the freebie. Is there anywhere else that you would love people to connect with you or anything else you would like to share? Yeah. I mean, you can always connect with me. Um, those, those two ways. I also just have my website, which is, um, neonsoulmarketing.com. Um, and I do have like a little private podcast feed on there. So if you go there, you'll see that, that pop up and you can, you can get access to that. That's called Vino Invisibility. So feel free to, to take a listen to that. And we share a bunch of, of good visibility tips on there as well. And just as a side note, the cover art for that private podcast is so <laughs> cute. Well, I do love a, a good glass of wine. So I always share the, my, my favorite wine that I'm drinking that, that episode, which is not often, but <laughs> <laughs> That would be funny if it was like a daily podcast. That would be. Yeah, no. <laughs> I do like to share that. Yes, it's only like once a week. I will have a glass of wine and I'll crank out a podcast. episode. <laughs> Listen, we're moms here. We know that that's just called sanity. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> well, thank you so much for today. And I can't wait for people to connect with you and continue learning from you as I know I will. So thank you again, Genevieve. Well, it was so good to talk with you, Julie, and I cannot wait to connect with everybody. I'm so excited for this summit. 